Oh man, welcome back to another episode, week 12 from the Stands Podcast. Jacob and Clint joining me as always. Jacob, what's going on, man? You're trying to mess me up to start it off, man. I'm trying to, always, trying to be professional. Yes, we are not professional by any means. Just look <laughs> at my record, dude. Uh, yes, sir. You're doing good. How winning, y'all doing? It's, it's a winning record. Talk to Clint. That's good, though. I think, wait, Clint, is your record winning? You know, winning record? <laughs> almost, 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 almost. Uh, no, he's only he's only a game off five hundred. So speaking yeah. of, we uh, Clint, update us on the latest standings in our little pickums contest between the three of us. Who's winning? Who's losing? Who's making a comeback? Who's not? And uh, why is Gavin still beating you? <laughs> well, I was about to say I don't I don't like how it's starting out where I, I thought towards the end of the season we'd be like you know Gavin's doing decent. He's almost had five hundred and. It's me that's trying to catch 500, and he's doing just fine. Um, yeah, so I'm not super proud of myself, but it is what it is. All right, so for week 11, uh, JC won again. It was a tight week. He uh, was 11 and 9. JC, not, not your biggest week, but it won the week, so that's what matters, man. How hey, you feel? At, at this point, like as I'm going down the list and I'm counting my wins and I'm looking at 6, 7, 8, 9, I'm like, cool. Started counting the losses. They're kind of evening up. If I can just be over 500 the rest of the year, just the last two weeks, I think I can stretch this one out. Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be close, man. Because as this week goes on and next week, the spreads are only getting closer, and the games are gonna have a lot more meaning. So if I can if I can float above 500, I like my chances. But Jacob's creeping for sure. Yeah. Um. Second in the week was actually Gavin, my seven-year-old son, went ten and ten. Solid week. Listen, I think when we get to this point of the year, Vegas pretty much has has these numbers locked down. So if if you could pull squeak out a, a winning week, that's that's a big win, honestly. Um. So yeah, Gavin had second this week, and then myself, Jacob, Jacob finds himself at the bottom of the barrel, well, rarely with me. Jacob, how you feeling about it? It was only a nine and eleven, not terrible. Yeah, I mean to piggyback off of your point, like at this point in the year, nine and eleven feels like it's a five hundred week. Um, yeah, but it's not good enough to to stay with JC though. Um, I, I really have to. My back's against the wall with just two weeks left. Um, I've really got to. I I don't know how many you're about to update the total standings, but um, I I know he's got a few games on me. I really got to step step it up here because, like I said, JC's more than likely going to go. Nine and eleven, you know, just one game over five hundred at the very least. This man's taking games out of so. his mind this year, so um, I gotta, yeah. I gotta step it up a little bit here. Thanks for jinxing me. <laughs> whatever we could, Maybe. whatever we can get, man. Jesus, um, it, it's your psycho picks too. Like when you're the only one that picks Virginia, like randomly. Yeah. To cover, it's like, dude, that's yeah. Gross. But I, and I it, give you, an explanation. It's not that psycho. No, it All is. Right. It is. I mean. It kind of is when you do a weekend and wake out and you're nonchalant about it and we're like, there's no freaking chance. And of course, you're the only one that hit on it. All right. So it's kind of yeah, how, like, you know, people said probably the same thing about Bezos in his garage. Like, what the hell is this guy doing? Turns out he's oh, a genius. Oh, now you're, now you're freaking <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Okay. <laughs> Holy oh, no. smokes. Trust Jacob, me, I wish. For the sake I, of the pod, I'd, I'd be doing this catch from an him. island. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. Guam, guys. I'd be in the middle of Guam. No, I'm, I'm gonna the freaking... best burger of all time at uh Stacks Burger Shack, whatever this place is called. Shout hey, out, shout out, <laughs> shout out to them. Never had it, uh, but my social so say good. it's good. Um, yeah, 
Jacob, for the sake of <laughs> all of our sanity, please catch him. So, uh, we can't allow him to win now. He's I'm call do my damn Jeff Bezos. Well, you yeah. don't understand that if if you keep thinking it's crazy, but it, it's it's working, that maybe you're the crazy. Maybe you're the crazy. That's one. true. Yeah. Maybe. Yes, yeah. yeah. All right. But no, you're right, dude. I might go. I just refuse to lose by one game after this whole season, and it's some stupid shit like Virginia. That Virginia game you're talking about that you you win because of. Like, yeah. come on. All right, so obviously JC winning uh, for the year at 107 to 88. Back three games at 104 91 is Jacob, and then back six off the lead is uh, Gavin, and then I am a good ways back, ten back off the lead. So I've got some catching up to do. But listen, I'm just I'm one off of 500. That's that's what my eyes are on right now. Hopefully I can catch and surmount 500 for the year. Battling yeah, I will, I will say three games is not a lot. I mean that's no so no. I yeah, think two weeks we to do it. Sh- well, I was gonna say I wonder if we uh dude if it's like tied or something, or or maybe if it's tied and there's an even number of games next week we might have to unless you guys beat North Carolina and end up being ranked which even if you do I don't foresee them doing that then then we might have to count that game maybe in the in the rankings or in better the- if we're tied at the end of the year we could just do like a winner take all with the bowl record or whatever. Whoever has the best bowl record would win the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we do need to do a little little bowl game action in there too. So we'll figure it out. Hopefully, it doesn't get to that point, but it does. We'll see. It does. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Um, we got a lot of games to talk about. We are one week away from rivalry week and a lot of big games um, this weekend. Um, before we get to that, so let's start out with. Uh, the new number one team in the country, according to the college football playoff rankings, which is what we're we're basing off of since those came out. So, the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, um, taking over that number one spot after pretty much, I don't know if they still are in the AP poll, but they pretty much had the number one spot in the AP poll from from the beginning. So they're traveling to Tennessee. They're ten point favorites. Um, Jacob, before we get into the game, what do you think about Georgia jumping to number one? Is it a surprise, or does it does it even really matter at this point in the year because of Georgia playing Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. Like, what's the what's the deal in this one? No, I mean, I, I definitely think it does matter um, because I kind of was thinking up of a scenario that just kind of made my brain hurt a little bit. But first, about Georgia, like, um, I think they deserve that. You know, they they're they're slowly they're not getting you know these top five wins by any means, but they, they slowly are. You know, their schedule is getting harder and harder. They're um, crushing out some wins, especially like again with Tennessee. Like they're they're having like I feel like a lot of these. 15 to 25 ranked matchups so they're they're winning um pretty handily too so i think they're deserved of the number one spot um not a whole lot of other stuff you know kind of shook up or anything in the top at the very top but um clint what, what do you what do you think about everything here no i mean it yeah i'm not super surprised i mean <laughs> we've talked about how the committee likes strength of schedule and playing tough teams fair you know that that's you know that's a good metric to use i guess uh but georgia may not stay here even if they play pretty well for the rest of the year went out but just because ohio state and michigan play each other and that would be probably the best win that anybody has in the nation uh regardless of who wins that game so um but we'll have to see how that plays out but yeah not not super surprised uh i, I like the uh this old fight for number four, number five, this Florida State, Washington. This is that one's going to get hairy, and I'm, I'm if neither one of them slip, 
I mean, what do you do at that point? So yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of that. So my whole scenario that I thought up or whatever, follow me down this road if you want to. Georgia's number one, obviously. Alabama Georgia's already happened in the SEC championship game. Imagine Bama wins a close one against Georgia, right? So both are sitting there at eleven and one, right? Or would that be twelve and twelve and one yep. at that point? Um, imagine that happens, and then take your pick: Ohio State, Michigan win. So one of them's undefeated, thirteen and zero, Big Ten champs, right? Florida State finishes undefeated, ACC champions, thirteen and zero, and then say Washington wins this week against Oregon State. And then they beat Oregon again in the Pac-12. Or Oregon wins that game, and you have a one, uh, twelve and one Washington and a twelve and one Oregon. What do you do with Bama and Georgia? Who who's your top four there? Because then you still have Texas there. Say if Texas wins out, and then they play Oklahoma again, and then they're just a one loss. Like, how does that happen? Do you put Georgia and Bama in there? Because if Bama wins, are you dropping Georgia four, five, six spots? Like, how does what happens there? Because if that happens, you're leaving out more than likely a Pac-12 team champion, a Pac-12 champion, maybe a Big Ten champion, Texas, one loss. Like that's there's a whole lot that could happen here in the next couple of weeks. It's gonna just blow your mind. I don't see how, and it's, dude, it, it's hurt my brain thinking about that too. <clears throat> and in those scenarios, I think you would almost have to, which kind of sucks, right? Because if if you're Jordan, you go undefeated, and you you're the number one team, which they are, albeit I think they'll drop to number two all the Ohio State Michigan game like you uh referenced, but they're gonna lose one game to Alabama and they're probably not gonna I don't I think the conference championship is is what weighs in the playoff. I think I think one it has to and, and it should, especially when you get to this marker, but the weird thing is gonna be Texas because how does te- if Texas goes undefeated and win the and wins the Big Twelve and Alabama wins out and wins the SEC, how do you not put Texas still above Alabama, right? Because do you is is Alabama's you're gonna say their best win is what Georgia, I mean or, or I mean yeah L, LSU I don't I don't know and Texas beat Alabama so th- there's a lot that goes goes into it. Um, my brain mainly hurts trying to think of it. But somebody's getting left out if not two teams getting left out. Oh, there's like three teams are gonna get left out in my at, mind at least. So I don't know, Clint. What do you think? With and we talked about kind of how the playoff committee. We're trying to figure out exactly what they weigh, right? Is the is it the eye test? Is it the the wins? Is it the uh, the margin of victory or the margin of loss? Do you think that if you get that close, you're just going to be like, well, you won the you won the conference championship, so you're in? Is it is it that simple? I think when the margin the margins are this tight, yes. If it was like a weird, like say in the Big Ten West, where you have like a maybe a two or three loss conference championship by chance no i wouldn't say that that conference championship or champion needs to be in the playoff uh but when you're talking about something where alabama has one single loss and it's not even a conference loss and they beat the number one team in the nation um yeah i mean that might be like okay well they have the best win in the nation right now they beat number one and the the committee has shown that they they want to see the big wins they don't care if you dominate you know university of phoenix they want to see you just win big games uh so that, that might be enough and like jacob was saying man this this stuff could get really uh convoluted here soon um because there's no way you can leave an undefeated florida state out there's no way you could leave an undefeated washington out so somebody's gonna have to make room if they leave an undefeated 
which they, there's no chance they will. But if they somehow leave an undefeated Power Five team like Washington or Florida State out for a one loss SEC team, there's going to be riots in the streets. I think yeah. the way the schedule goes, is there a chance that is there going to be? A, well, I don't think there's going to be though. There's not going to be an undefeated team that's left out that's not a conference champion, right? You're not going to leave out an undefeated conference champion, but right. there's there's not going to be any undefeateds left out, right? That that well, that, be no, the conference, my, yeah, right? Correct. My point is, they would probably, in order to do that, if things play out pretty squarely the rest of the way, then you might actually have to kick George out the playoff. Because which, which is funny you say that because I know what you mean, but like I don't even know what pretty squarely really means because you're right. Even if you think about the teams that are supposed. to, even if the teams that are supposed to win or even the higher ranked teams win, there's still going to be some weird shit at the five, six, seven mark or the four, five, oh, yeah. six mark, I, yeah, I yeah. would say. Because <clears throat> right now, Oregon six, Texas seven, Alabama eight. We could easily see those three teams, all one loss teams, be the, their conference champions, right? Well, but they're, so, but they're already telling you what it is. They're already what? telling you that they think Oregon is the best one loss team out of them. Yeah. Right? And That's so, what they're telling you right now. Right. So then oh, do you God, put, I forgot about Oregon. All three of those teams, champions, over the five right now. There's five undefeated teams ahead of them. It's like that. Where does Georgia land in all that? Like, if they lose, because Bama would be the champ. Like that just blew my mind trying to think about that earlier. I think there's I think eight you, teams right now. Yeah, and then I play I, at that point. I think you have to put a lot of weight in the conference champion or in the conference championship because. But all they've been doing is talking about how good Georgia is all year long. Well, look, well, this has happened in the well, past. Well, they've also like, had the number they one played. Up until late, many tough teams. So, I mean, their best win is Missouri to this point. Yeah, and Missouri's ninth right now, and they got or Ole Miss. Tennessee right Missouri, now. if you if, if count Missouri and Ole Miss, so saying, Georgia will have a decent looking schedule mm-hmm. at the end of the year with Tennessee, Ole Miss, Missouri. But if this know. was like two or three years ago, where yeah, if you then I think this happened. I forgot what team, but they were the number one team, and they lost, and you still stayed in the top four. That yeah, might have been Alabama one year. This ain't that yours. You don't think so? You're, whoever the number one team is. And you're undefeated, so if it's Ohio State, Michigan, or uh, Georgia, one of those three teams, whoever's number one, and they lose in conference champion, I don't, I don't see how they're. If if we got four undefeated power, five, like I guess four whatever champions, like four or five, I don't see how. It, yeah, I mean, we just need this bigger playoff to start. We really do. But yeah, because a one loss, a one loss Texas right now. Do you think that's better than a? A one-loss Texas Big 12 champion, do you think that's a better – they'll get in over a one-loss SEC loss champion – or they lost in the SEC championship to Bama, one-loss Georgia. I could have You're said saying, that a lot better Tex- than I did. Okay, so Texas wins out. <laughs> Texas wins out. They win the Big yes. 12. Yes. Georgia loses the SEC championship game. I would put I would put Texas in over Georgia because, one, they're the conference champion, and, two, you have a common opponent. So we have Alabama as com- common opponents and Texas – Beat that because I think that's a I think that's a thing when they get down there. Yeah, that's true. Common opponent, so I would lean Texas. And not only did they beat Alabama, they beat Alabama at home and beat them by double digits at home, or that's they true. traveled so beat Bama. You know, yeah. so that that would be the only thing there. That's the only thing that even like that. That's an easier scenario than the first one of like us trying to figure yeah. out six seven teams. It, it's gonna get interesting, man. And dude, I mean, this weekend might. Okay. Honestly, this weekend might shake some stuff up. There's a, a a few chances where some teams maybe shake some stuff up before we get to next week with with Tennessee playing Georgia and uh, like Oregon State playing Washington and some of those things. So we uh, yeah. maybe we'll get chaos beforehand. Do you think both Michigan and Ohio State are in regardless of what happens in the championship? I mean, I mean, outside of like a forty-two to seven win, do you think 
both teams are in. You mean if they like split? If one wins one game, one wins the other? Sure. Yeah. Like well, they only they I, only play saying, once. I don't. No. But oh yeah, yeah, because they don't play in the conference. Oh, that's right. uh, shoot, yeah, because Iowa's right. sitting over there, and they they are two games up on that whole. Okay, side. so yeah, I, so in, I think it in goes the last back game. To the, if if it's like thirty two to twenty four, and regardless of who wins, do you think they're both still in? That's that's the other part. I'm so glad you brought that up because say Michigan wins that, they're technically right behind Ohio State right now. So Ohio State has that one loss. Who they putting in Ohio State or Oregon, Texas, Alabama, any of these teams that we talked about that could win that championship? Like, what, well, what was with the Michigan? scenario the a few State? years ago? I think it was the Big Ten where it was like Ohio State, Michigan. And I think Ohio State maybe like won the the game. They beat Michigan, and then they lost in the conference championship game or something. Because like, so you can't penalize a team for playing an extra game. Like now, granted, maybe not a good scenario this year because neither of those teams are losing to Iowa this year in the in the championship game. I, I can't imagine. I, I bet a lot of money on that. Uh, but Clint, I think it goes back to the yeah. I don't know how you put them both in when we still have. You're going to have three other conference champions more than likely with one loss as well. And I think that's going to lean, even though I'm with you though, because resume wise, all right, I lost one game all year and it's to the number two team in the country or the number one team in the country. Mm. Oh, like my, like fault me for that. Like, and, and then are, are you going to, I mean, it looks like the committee is going to say best record period, but are, is there any chance? Cause in years past, sometimes they, they actually pick what they think is the better team, not necessarily the best record. So are they going to lean to that at all? Like say, uh, like if Oregon wins, are they more deserving than Ohio state? If they lost by, you know, five and, and the last game of the season, like uh, that's just tough, man. Yeah. I don't dude. You know what I thought about resume wise? That's crazy. That, isn't even about who the team that, imagine if, if Michigan wins out they will have had six games where they did not have their head coach six games <laughs> yeah speaking of which what, what's the situation for that is he still I, good point I do want to bring this up um, oh, we do watching, that for their game but uh, yeah yeah we can so, so yeah I'll, I'll hold it for that Let, let's hold it for that let's, let's get into our pick real quick and then we'll, we'll get to Michigan so Georgia Tennessee um, it's at Tennessee I believe right it is. Yep. yep. It's at Tennessee. It's a three thirty kick. Probably good for Georgia. It's not a night game because things get rowdy down there in Knoxville. But Georgia's ten point favorites. Jacob, where do you lean on this one? You know, I I don't see any chaos happening here. So I think Georgia's gonna handle this game pretty pretty well. Tennessee's coming off of a kind of embarrassing loss to Missouri, you know. They they didn't really put up really any kind of a fight there. So uh keep this plain and simple. Just Georgia minus ten. I gotta keep these picks confident, you know. If 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 Georgia can or uh, I'm sorry if Missouri can beat Tennessee 36 to seven I feel like Georgia can beat Tennessee by ten so yeah I'm not gonna overthink this one too much they uh, they've been playing really good as of late we've seen they beat Ole Miss they beat Missouri both pretty handily so give me give me Georgia and I'll lay the ten yeah bring out the brooms on this one clean sweep I'm, I'm with you guys Georgia as well <laughs> Hell yeah um yeah I, I that's kind of like my exact take Clint was like if Missouri just did this to them and dominated the way they did and George's coming off a big win over Ole Miss give me the Bulldogs easy all right moving on the number two team in the country Ohio State they're hosting Minnesota's a 4 p.m. kickoff Ohio State's 27 and a half point favorites over under 49 and a half Jacob who you got 
Man, uh, I do not like that line. I say this every pod because I heard heard <laughs> last pod. And it's like uh, Vegas has this right on the number again, and it feels that way yet again. Um, I do not like this line because uh, I definitely think Ohio State's going to win. Um, this is at home for OSU, I believe, and Minnesota has not been what they. It's crazy to see what Minnesota has become. Wasn't it just like three years ago they were like top five almost? Dude, they were like, rowing those boats heavy, man. Mm-hmm. They were just yeah, dude. getting at it. Dude. Like I kind of like missed the down the river, gophers. just <laughs> and because of it. wanting that time back, and I don't like this line. And Ohio State really hasn't been blowing teams out. I feel like they've kind of chugged. They've had to struggle to get to win by fourteen or twenty sometimes. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota to cover the twenty-seven and a half. Yeah, I, I feel kind of the same way. It's just a lot of points. I, I picked. Uh, Michigan State to cover last week against Ohio State, and while they did not cover, and now Michigan State's a terrible team, it I wasn't fa- like it wasn't far off from covering. Uh, it's just a big number, and e- even though Minnesota's not the best team, you know the Big Ten, it, it's they can still score some points. Um, so I and I've kind of thought about too Ohio State, just they're not a super juggernaut when it comes to scoring a ton of points on offense. So give me, I'm with you, Jacob. Give me uh, Minnesota and and the points. JC, I saw you smirking. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. No, you, no, you guys are gonna think I'm crazy. I, uh, but I've already wrote down my picks down. I, I got Minnesota as well. This doesn't mm-hmm. happen a lot of college football. They don't normally like. I wouldn't say they rest their guys really, but I think Ohio State would like to get out to a comfortable lead. Maybe take out Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe get some, uh, some time for for the backup quarterback and maybe just some other guys to give them a break. Big game versus Michigan the week, the week after that, and then you know hopefully a, a Big Ten championship game for them. So, um. I don't like it. I think the line was at like 32-ish last week versus Rutgers, and they ended up winning by 35. Like you said, Clinton was close. <clears throat> I'm not super confident, but I'm, I'm hoping maybe they just try to coast it down at the end and some of these second-string guys give up some some points in Minnesota. So give me Minnesota cover as well. All right. Next game, number three team, Michigan at Maryland. This is the question I wanted to pose to you. Not the question, but I was watching the – I told you guys before, I was watching Colin Cowherd and Joel Klatt kind of talking about the Big Ten and about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. So th- there's been rumors a lot saying that, like, if you guys watched his his, his press conference, I think yesterday, he started going on a rant about chickens, just Harbaugh, about how he always thought chickens were a nervous bird, and turns out they're not, and, like, he has chickens now, and they, like, they miss him, and they are happy to see him. Dude, you guys watch this rant. It's insane. Oh, my God. Anyway, I say that because people <laughs> saw the interview and thought maybe Harbaugh was like, F it you know, screw it. You guys want to do whatever you want to me. I can go to the NFL. I can make 10 million. I can do that. I can go get whatever job I want. The, the, the thing I want to pick your brains about is based on what the, the, the president of Michigan is doing and what the college is doing with digging their heels in and, and pretty much like suing them back and trying to get a restraining order to halt the suspension. Clap made it seem like maybe Harbaugh went to the board and said, Hey, like I'm here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. I'm your guy. Maybe that's why they're like, because I've never heard one, I've never heard of a conference doing this to a team. The timing of it is kind of crazy. And then two, the team fighting or the college fighting back is normally like you know it's CYA, right? You're a public university, you got to cover your ass. But they're digging their heels in, you know, getting actual like judges' orders to try to stop this. So maybe Harbaugh is not leaving. Um, but to me, how are you not fed up with this? Like you said, he's suspended the first three games. Now he's suspended the, or they self-impose that. I get it. But now suspend the last three. Um, they're overcoming a lot, but uh, anyway, I just want to see your guys take on that. Is, do you guys think that Harbaugh is just gonna? 
I don't see him just bouncing for the NFL like that because of the shit going on, but but maybe if they try to do anything else to him. Well, the, the, the NFL came out and said, they actually made a statement saying whatever punishment is imposed on him, that the NFL, if he did come to the NFL to coach, that those punishments would still be upheld. Like they, they indicated that they wouldn't just not have any consequence for whatever it was that was found. Uh, well, what, what punishment <clears throat> is he going to be hit with in college that could even be transferred to the NFL? Oh, I don't know. I, dude, that, that's a good question. I'm, I'm just saying, saying yeah, that's what they weird. came out and said. So, uh, and then, yeah, I don't know, man. So it is, it is for sure, unless something else happens in court that he is suspended for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's my understanding, dude. Is that is that he's going to be the rest? Which really, like, look, they got. I mean, who are they? They're playing at Maryland, right? So, like, that should be an easy win. And then, obviously, next week is is the big one. Um, so now you don't have Harbaugh or Connor Stallions. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> What are you going to do with that without both uh, of them? Well, I will say, like, Michigan, I think we kind of saw it last week against Penn State. Michigan, they, I mean, I don't want to say they don't need their head coach by any means because every team needs their head coach. But we talked about, you know, in the preseason how this team has, like, the most returning in the nation, whatever. They have, like, almost 20-some starters returning out of 22. Um, this team has been around with each other forever. They know Jim Harbaugh, you know, inside and out, and, and they – proved that they ran the team basically themselves like jj mccarthy was almost out there coaching uh, that's why he didn't throw the ball much he's like he's almost coaching everybody um they don't need him out there now they will in the playoff if they make it there because you know that's a whole nother level of competition but i mean yeah i, I personally think jim Har- harbaugh would would stay um because he's got such a rapport with these guys and i think he loves the college ranks and stuff but um I just there's so much going on. It is kind of hard to fathom that he would just continue to stay with this NCAA and they just keep banging him, banging him, banging him every single week with just this and this and this. And it can grow old. I know that. But um, I I I think you know he he likes Michigan. I think I mean you saw where he said Michigan is America's team now, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't understand that, but I don't need. I think he's trying to draw attention away from what's actually happening there with all the cheating and stuff. He's just like trying to change the subject in a way. But um, yeah. But did y'all I mean, pick this game? I don't even think it. No, no we yet. haven't even picked the game yet. But to y'all's point, like if there is a team that could handle this, it is Michigan. Like if this were happening right. to a team like with a you know the actual signal caller is the head coach, like something like Riley at USC or something like that, it would be way more devastating. But they, like you said, this this team almost coaches themselves. They have so much uh, seniority and leadership just within the team. Um, and shoot, it's it, like they showed the Penn State game. It was like whatever. We're just gonna just run it down your throats every single play. Have zero chance of turning over behind the biggest men you've ever seen in your life, and like we'll be fine. And that's exactly how it turned out. So yeah. It, it may not even matter, although I think it would be a crying shame to have two undefeated prestigious schools like Michigan and Ohio State playing each other. And the the biggest thing we're talking about isn't even the game. It's the fact that one of the head coaches is going to court fighting for right. his right to be on the sideline. So, yeah, that is a weird situation. Yeah, I think if it's the other way around, I think Ohio State kind of struggles without their head guy, right? Maybe just because of a, a younger quarterback and yeah. maybe a little bit younger Randy, team. Yeah. But that's, that's just kind of how I feel. Um, yep. All right, well, Clint, I'll get your take on this one first. So let, let's get to the game. So Michigan's traveling to Maryland. 
Um, earlier in the year, we talked about Maryland and that offense. They've seemed to be struggling um, the last few games. Um, Michigan's 19-point favorites, and it's a noon kickoff on Saturday. How do you uh, feel about this one? I, I, I'm going to go uh, Michigan on this. Like you said, Maryland, you know, they, they were kind of high-octane for a little bit there offensively, but as of late, they haven't been – been doing too hot. They only scored 15 against Penn State, and they only scored 10 or 13 against Nebraska. That was the last two games. Uh, Michigan, uh, not necessarily a offensive powerhouse, but it's it's because they just run smart, uh, calculated uh, football when it comes to the offensive side, and their defense is also really good too. So, I think it's going to give Maryland um, too much to handle, and they may not score much at all. So, give me give me Michigan, and I'll, I'll lay the 19. Yeah, I I'll have to agree with that pick, but um, it'll be kind of for a different way. Like Maryland started off the season five and zero. I think people kind of forget that. Um, and they they lost four in a row until like Clint said they lost in or they beat Nebraska thirteen ten last week. That's not. I know Nebraska is better than they have been in years past, and they're at five hundred, which is kind of sad to say. But uh, that wasn't an impressive win there. Um, and if if. Michigan and Ohio State are similar teams, which we kind of think they are. I, th- I personally think that Michigan's got a little bit better of an offense. That's crazy to say without uh, with Ohio State having Harrison Jr., but I think we can kind of agree with that. Um, Ohio State hung 37 on them. So I think Michigan will hung, hang even more than that on them, and uh, they'll cover the 19. Yeah, kind of. We, we're all going to be on the same ones, I guess, you know, the, the first few picks. I got, I got Michigan as well. You saw what they did versus Penn State, like I said, with, with pretty much. What I think the impressive thing about them running the ball the whole time is that like they didn't have to pull out any trick plays. Not even trick plays. They didn't have to pull out a lot out of their playbook that they can save for Ohio State or save save some of these other teams. Um, I would almost chalk that up to McCarthy almost not playing the fourth quarter. Like you could have had anyone handed the ball off. Obviously, it's different with him because you don't know if it's going to be a play action or what. But um, I, I think that helps them a lot going further in the season. So I think Michigan covers easily. Um, in this game, it's just going to be a walk in the park for them. And uh, look, it, it, there's if you guys would have brought, I know Jacob. Sometimes you talk about um, maybe trap games or like look ahead games. Mm-hmm. I would have come at you pretty hard. I think because I think Michigan is so focused now. Not that they weren't, but like they have. You gave one of the already most talented teams in the country now an even bigger chip on their shoulder because they're not having their coach again for the biggest games. Like this team is locked in. They're dialed in. I think they're going to go out. and yeah, exactly, and try to jump forty or fifty on everybody. So that was actually good timing on that. I, that. That was good. So I think that's what's gonna happen, man. I, I would be scared of anyone in their way, um, especially like you said, you're Maryland, who's not playing that good. Um, yeah. all right, uh, Clint, what you got? I already told you. Pay attention. Okay. I would no, no, but you sound like you're about to say something. So, oh no, I, I was gonna let you go. Okay. No, I was just okay. listening, you guys. That, it, that's actually a really good point, though. You know, in the locker room, they're so like, screw it, man. We'll win it ourselves, and then we'll have Jim Harbaugh just screaming onto the field as the clock ticks zero, just mowing people down to to join the team. You know, as they're winning championships and shit. So, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Shout out them. Um, all right, so we'll skip over Florida State, North Alabama. There is no spread on that. So, oh no, no, I'm saying Florida State. Fucking welcome to the CW Network. <laughs> oh, oh God, Florida dude, no State. chance though, right? No chance. They actually are on the CW. That's kind of they are. Yeah, but that's uh, not to North yeah, Alabama. Though. That's not. Yeah, that's a North Alabama thing. Don't Nate. Y'all who, don't like Florida State. Be on my side for who? Once. Who were y'all playing on the CW though? <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
I think it was a conference game. It does doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> I think it was a conference game. I couldn't even watch that game because I literally was it didn't NC State? It. No, I don't think it was NC State. It was a week before that, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. Did you guys win? Just repress that in your memory. I need to know if yeah, you guys. I kind of forgot. That. Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, I forgot. I don't know what you're talking about. May have been Wake Forest. I know y'all are looking it up, but regardless. Oh, yeah. No, it was Wake. I think it was Wake. All right, Doesn't well, matter. Next game. I would never <laughs> talk that much about a game that's on the CW network, I don't think. So why would anyone ever bring that up? <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. All right. Moving on. Um, I was going to ask where game day is, but we already talked about this at James Madison. Because um, I was thinking it maybe could be in Corvallis, as uh, Jacob so appropriately mentioned in our pre-production meeting. All right, number five, Washington, traveling to Oregon State. Oregon State, ranked number 11, Washington, ranked number five, but Oregon State is the two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Jacob, you surprised, shocked, uh, anything, feeling any type of way over this spread? <laughs> no, I'm just numb to it, dude. Uh, no, I... <laughs> Dude, the, the two losses the Oregon State's had this year has been by a field goal um, each. So they've lost by a total of six points. They're eight and two. Um, they lost at Washington State earlier in the year when they were ranked by just a field goal, 38-35. And then they lost to Arizona, which we all consider a very good team. Fafita. Fafita, that's right. 27-24. And that was at Arizona as well. So these guys haven't lost at home. That makes me nervous for Washington. I kind of thought Washington had a chance to lose um, against Utah. Uh, was that last week? They're all combining together. Um, that, and, and they luckily pulled that out for for their sake. But, you know, is it is it really, are we really going to end the season with a Washington being 12-0? and 0? Like that, kind of wild. Um, so there's a part of me that wants to take Oregon State here. Um, not for DJ. I know you are thinking it. I know you are thinking it. But this is DJ's well, chance. Well, no, it feels like. Because it's your favorite quarterback on the other side. Well, there you go. But this is a chance, I think, for DJ to make a national comeback here. I think nobody, including me, really have seen a whole lot of Oregon State, and they just quietly, oh crap, they're they're close to the top ten. Like, wh- where did this come from? Um, and this is his chance to make a lot of noise this year. Um, and he hasn't had the best of season, but it hasn't been too bad. But I think that's where DJ lives in this little. He was okay. He's a five star. Blah blah blah. He's okay, but he's not, you know, that next average. level kind of he's guy. Average. Yeah. Um, and we've seen Washington's defense has been a little suspect, and that's the one thing holding them back. And if they lose a the game, I mean, they still have the Pac-12 championship to lean on, but if they lose a the game, it's going to look – it's going to be very hard for them to still make that fourth or, or third spot maybe um, in the playoff. They'd have to dominate more than likely Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. So they really, crazy to say, being 10-0, can't afford to lose this game. Because the way their defenses look, and that scares right. me. Because DJ has he can tear apart a, a, a secondary that is not playing well. Um, and this they get them at home too. I mean, shoot, like like I said, game day could have possibly been here, but they've already been to a Washington game, I believe. So um, that they didn't want to, you know, re, you know, double dip a little bit there. And luckily, they they're giving James Madison the respect that they deserve. Unlike the freaking NCAA, y'all saw that, right? They they you know, basically said no to their waiver about trying to make it make themselves eligible for the playoffs. Yeah, I did too. Um, which is a big fat L on the NCAA side. That, that they just keep messing up week after week, it seems like. Um but Oregon State being favored two and a half, man, I 
give me Oregon State here. I hate to say you, it. You, you talked yourself out of it because you were going Washington. Well, no, I had this pick. This is the one pick I made before oh, okay. we did this. And I was pretty confident. I thought that Utah, Clint, I remember in the last pod, we were both like, dude, Utah could actually win this game. Um, and somehow Washington pulled it out. And that's what they've been doing this year. They've had a lot of one score, maybe 10 point kind of kind of deals. And I, you know, I just, it's going to be hard for me to sit here and think that they're going to truly finish the season, you know, undefeated. So um, give me, give me Oregon State to cover. Oh, man. Clint, I'm interested on your take. I, I want to go Oregon State so bad in this game and just text every five minutes DJU into the group chat just so Jacob has to see it. Oh, uh, you out of it. <laughs> um, oh, God. I am actually surprised that Oregon State is favored. I get, I get they're playing at home, but um, let me go Washington. Like, I just think that they they're gonna be able to just constantly put pressure on this Oregon State defense, and it, they're they're catching two and a half points as well. I mean, and I talked about it after last game. They just keep attacking, even when Penix is a little off. Oregon State's not gonna have a chance to breathe because that's what Washington does. They just keep attacking down the field, and it's only a matter of time before those big plays hit. Give me. Give me Washington, and I'll, I'll take the two and a half. Yeah, I think if we didn't see Washington struggle <clears throat> at multiple games this year, that this wouldn't be surprising to see, uh, especially if Oregon State does pull out a win. I think it's going to come down to the fourth downs, right? So they really like going for it on fourth down, Washington, that is, and giving Penix mm-hmm. a chance to throw the ball. Um, so I think it's going to come down to those moments. Like, when do you pick the fourth downs? Because there's, there's a few they've done in their own territory um, that, that, pretty pretty ballsy um and obviously when they work out you know you, you give them credit but, but when they don't that, that's when the heat comes down but look i just i've, I've seen look I, I know i've talked a lot of shit about oregon state i get that and their defense is really good they, they have a good run game dj does just enough to kind of keep the defense honest with his legs but man just clinton you talked about this too the way Penix plays the the uh the the big play potential of that offense, just him throwing the ball, man, it's mesmerizing. The way he throws the ball, um, the way they play offense, man, it, it's hard for me not to pick against a team, especially in the Pac-12 that's been all offensive driven for the most part. It's going to be really hard for me to pick against Washington. So this this might be a big game, or it is going to be a big game now with, with me and Jacob trying to battle for that the final standing spot. But I'm going to take Washington. I'm going to agree with you, Clint, and hope that they can uh, figure out this two-and-a-half-point spread and get a big win down there in Oregon. So... <laughs> Washington got a couple of receivers too that are definitely going to the NFL and are yeah. going to be drafted pretty high. So that yeah. they do. I will say these are two different teams than the past several years, of course. But last year it was a field goal game. Washington won by three. The year before that, Oregon State won by three, and the year before that, it was twenty-seven twenty-one Washington. So this has always been a very close game. Oh, I like that. So yeah, I, I think a close one. I think maybe not as high scoring. I think this might be in the late late twenties, early thirty point kind of realm. Um, okay. just based on yeah. kind of how Washington, depending on how they decide to play. But all right, well, let, let's stick with the Pac-12. Uh, number six, Oregon traveling to Arizona State. That's a 4 p.m. kickoff. Oregon is 23 and a half point favorites. Jacob, who are you going with on this one? Let me tell you a little something here. I'm listening. Uh, the last time that these two teams, that's my The last time these two teams played. Just being respectful. 
<laughs> uh, was 2019. And guess who won that game? Uh, oh, that was Arizona State because they had Jaden Daniels. Yes, sir. How about oh. that? That was Justin Herbert versus Jaden Daniels. And Arizona State won that game. It was in Arizona State, won 31 to 28. Last time they played. These teams are much different now. And last time I checked, Arizona State does not have Jaden Daniels, which is wild because all these teams have got these transfer quarterbacks. Like Bo Nix was over at Auburn. Now he's over in Oregon. It's like everybody's everywhere. But this uh, spread was what again? It was 23 and a half. Yep. Um, this Arizona State team, not, not what it used to be. Um, this Oregon team, I kind of feel like what we talked about with. Uh, what was it, Ohio State and, and Minnesota earlier, how we feel like maybe there's a chance that Ohio State or well, just kind of coast in the second half. I feel like there's a, that same kind of chance here because um, Oregon has a big game next week and they have the Pac-12 to look forward to, you know, unless they royally screw up here. Um, so I'm actually going to take ASU to cover this because of the the, the spread being 23 and a half. Um, Oregon's dominated everybody they played, it feels like, and it just can't do that every single week, maybe. And they may find it hard to get up for this kind of game. So maybe super late, but a backdoor spread. And I'm doing that mainly because y'all probably didn't expect that, and I need to get the wins. So Sorry, sorry, I write it down right. Who'd you pick? Uh, Arizona State. Okay. He's, right. He just wanted you to say it twice. Yeah. Just, just making sure when, when we go back and you're like, why did I pick that? Um, no, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm going to go. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with some of what you're saying there, Jacob, and, and it is a good bit of points to cover, especially in the conference game. And Arizona State, even though they're not great this year, has had some games where they've, they've shown up. I just don't see it happening this year or this game. Uh, number one in the nation for points averaged a game is Oregon, 46.3 points a game. Number one in the nation. Not just that, it's we've kind of talked about their defense too. It's it's this isn't a just a high powered offense and just pray our the defense can hold up enough. No, their defense is a big part of this team too. They're tied for twelfth in the nation with only allowing a little over seventeen points a game. Give me give me Oregon. I, I think especially because we're talking about playoffs. Obviously now we're coming to the end of this. They have to continue to win and win big to have a shot at the committee picking them as a one-loss team, uh, assuming they beat Washington uh, in, the, in the rematch. Uh, they've got to they've gotta show out, and hopefully the, the committee will notice that, and I think that's what they're going for here. Give me, give me Oregon, and they'll win pretty big. Yeah, I'm going to go Oregon as well um, for a couple reasons. One, I picked Arizona State a few weeks ago, and they burned me big time, so, <laughs> so screw them. Second of all, and you, I think this narrative can really go good. either way, so it'll... Uh, uh well no see I picked yeah that the both of them screwed me up that week Arizona and Arizona State <laughs> um but really you can paint this narrative either way d- depending on how how you want to give your take but I, I to kind of both of y'all's point too they they are trying to make a run at the playoff and and it, not only do you need to win you might need to win big so are they motivated to pad their stats maybe and not coast so much um does Bo Nick see the fact that he's now the favorite in the Heisman and does that does that get him nervous and he doesn't pay well play well or does that just give him even more motivated like hey if i really want to if they think i'm the favorite in the heisman now like let me go out and really set the world on fire these last couple games so um i i don't i don't think it really matters either way because i think just if they just play the way they've been playing i mean just go based off the stats what clint said so 
an average game for them is a 43-17 victory. That's 26 points, right? Give or take. So we're, we're kind of right around that margin. So um, give me Oregon. I think, I think it is going to be, I don't think it's going to be a lot more than this. I think it's going to be right around that mark. But um, it, as mad as Vegas makes me, sometimes whatever the hell they got going on, they're normally pretty spot on. So give me the 23 and a half. It's probably right at 24, 25. Um, but, but I'm going to take Oregon. And, and that's two big games. The Pac-12 is going to decide for us there, Jacob. But too bad it's not Pac-12 after dark. That would make it a little more interesting. <laughs> Possibly. I would say. But also to add a little bit of the drama, um, that 2019 game, Oregon was also ranked sixth in the nation. They were also 9-1. Oh, and crap. And how about oh, that? Well, see. See, now that's... But, but you already said the biggest... No Jaden Daniels. Which is, that's right. There's no Jaden Daniels on Arizona but State. But also explain Arizona State only losing to Washington 15-7. It's the only team that's really done that to Washington. Well, that, I so think that, that was... That, that works might be, more for Washington than it does was, Arizona yeah, State. That's exactly what I was about to say. I agree. Yeah. Oregon's better than Washington. That, that says but, more about Washington, yeah. yeah. We'll see. But we'll see, man. The Pac-12 is... Uh, I never thought I'd say but the most entertaining conference of the year, for, for sure. Okay. Um, outside of Iowa by themselves. All right, anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of Iowa, the state of Iowa, that is. Number seven, Texas, traveling to Iowa State at the 8 p.m. kickoff. Texas, seven and a half point favorites. Quinn Ewers is back, obviously, played last week. Looked to be pretty healthy, I would say, um, which is good because now we can stop all our Malik Murphy bets because obviously me and Clint do not know what we're talking about whatsoever. I don't even know who picked the over-under rush yards. I don't know what. It didn't matter. <laughs> Old buddy didn't play. So. Yep. Just when it comes to Texas games, don't listen to us. So, um, Jacob, with that being said, I'm going to give the floor to you because I don't need to be talking about Texas football. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, it was kind of, this team's been very odd when it comes to the fourth quarter. They were ahead of TCU. You can listen to our other pod about how we recap this game, but they were up, I think, 26 to, to six or something like that. Or, and they just, collapsed in the fourth quarter and, and made this a close game and TCU came back and, and they only won 29 and 26 at TCU. Dude, this team, they've done that multiple times this year in the fourth quarter. And I really feel like Sark's going to be like, all right, dudes, like we're here. You see, we're ranked seventh. Like we, if we really are trying to make this a, a real season and get to that playoff and, and you see the teams around us and how we cannot make a mistake here, they're going to go in there and kick some ass. The problem is, this is the first game without Brooks. Um, they lost him to their leading running back to an ACL injury. And that hurts them a lot. But I think they can lean on Quinn Ewers, who I think is close to 100% now. He looked really good last week. Um, and having another week to kind of get back into it, he, he should be close to 100%, if not 100%. I think they lean on Xavier Worthy here in this game. Really throw the ball a good bit and just kind of crush um, Iowa State's hopes from the get-go. And don't fuck up in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I think they can kind of keep that there. That's fair. Um, that is fair. So seven and a half, based on how I described that game going out, I'm going to take Texas pretty pretty easily. I like it. What you got there, Clint? Do you know him or still? Yeah, I got yep. you, bud. Okay, might be delayed a little bit, but I'll, I'll give my pick anyway. I'll keep it keep it short. I don't I don't like this game too much because this this could be one of those slip up situations. Um, in Texas, I, a lot of the year they haven't played down to the opponent, but as of late, they, it, they're starting to show that again. Um, so it does worry me, but I am going to go Texas. Um, 
and I'll, I'll lay the seven and a half. Hopefully they can they get Quinn Ewers. Maybe he just wasn't all the way right coming back last week. Um, and like like Jacob said, let's let's not uh, let's let's not lose sight in the fourth quarter and let some team that you know is trying to play upset city here um at home come back and beat you so give me texas i'll leave the points yeah they've done that several times you not only in the fourth quarter they've had some bad halves or bad third quarters that have done that but end of the year give or take a touchdown spread i'm, I'm gonna go with the better quarterback um so give me give me quinn to make a few more plays and then his counterpart of iowa state and I, I got texas to cover the seven and a half as well all right moving on to the SEC for a minute. Um, number eight, Alabama. They're hosting Chattanooga. Um, we kind of talked about this before. There's no spread on this game, so, so we'll move on. Kind of surprised. Chattanooga, 7-3. 7-3, ranked number 16 in the FCS rankings, but I guess they uh, don't even want to play with that with Alabama. Probably won it by a bunch. So um, I, I figured it'd only be around 30, to be honest. It's not like it'd be anything crazy. Um, but who knows, man? If it was South Carolina playing them, it'd be like 16, 17. Three. Well, we beat the number three team in the FCS. Three? So God dang. We beat the number three team in the FCS. That would be Furman. Your so, toughest uh, win this year. Yeah, suck on that, big boy. <laughs> yeah. I Is mean, yeah, you're probably right. Nope, it's not. Um, we'll move <laughs> on. Uh, all right, we're sticking with the SEC. Is this the second best team in the SEC? Maybe not, but definitely the third. Number nine, Missouri, hosting Florida, 730 kickoff. Jacob. What you got? Yes, sir. Dude, I, you know, the old Missouri, I mean, the old Missouri, first of all, wouldn't be eight and two, but the old Missouri, you would feel like this would be a trap game, even if they had a pretty good year. And it still may be, honestly. Um, but uh, Missouri, dude, we got to give them credit. They've been the surprise team of the year, I believe. I mean, all these other teams up here, we kind of thought they would be up here. But Missouri is really, them and Louisville, and we're about to get to Louisville here, but I think even more, more so than Louisville. Um, Missouri's just kind of come out of nowhere and just been lighting up the world. Um, simply put, I'm going to take Missouri to cover this because it's in Missouri. Florida has proven and shown again and again they will play very well, doesn't matter who it is, if they're in the swamp, especially at night. Um, but them traveling up to Missouri, we've talked, JC, you're very well spoken about this place being haunted. Uh, give me Missouri to cover the 11 and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jacob. <clears throat> and you're right. Like, you know, they, they deserve the credit. And I, I think we have been doing a good job kind of recognizing them this past few weeks that they're not they're not fluky. Like, they're a legit good team, and they deserve where they're sitting in the rankings. Um, yeah, give me Missouri. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in this Florida team right now. And uh, like, like y'all said, JC's been preaching it all freaking year that Mizzou at home is – a force to be reckoned with. So give me, give me Missouri, and I'll lay the eleven and a half. I like it. I like it. There's a, uh, there's a saying of a coach that's on TV every Saturday that he likes to say, and it's not so fast, my friends. <laughs> Iowa, Are you joking? I'm sorry. Missouri's haunted, and doing I stand by that because I've seen it. I'm not doing it on purpose. We should allow him to go last. Down. Listen to me. I'm. This pen's been in my hand. I ain't been messing with it. All right. Look, it's not even clicked. Can't even write. Oh yeah, there, that's, that's absolutely but, outstanding evidence right there that you. There's you no don't scratch have your... out. There's a scratch out by Penn State, but there's not a scratch out by. Uh, where the hell is the it? listeners? Oh, pick Florida. That's why. Anyway, Missouri's haunted. That that's well documented, and that is true. My gut's telling me that 
Missouri's gonna win. They're gonna they're gonna win by uh, ten points. They're not gonna win by eleven and a half. Give me Florida to cover, make it a ten point game. If you if you hit on this one after you've been preaching on them all, and you've been you've been winning with Missouri picks all year, and then you pick against them at home to cover. If you hit on this one, I swear to God, I'm done. I quit <laughs> for next year. I won't make a single pick. Dude, remember this just, game at. Yeah, remember this what if I lose by like at? one or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seven thirty. Oh, this so Clint. We're gonna be getting. We're gonna be like. This is gonna be real time action while we're at the South Carolina Kentucky game. So I cannot wait to, wait, to wait. see this. It's it's a seven thirty kick as well. Oh dang! And I'm gonna be blitzed. All right, yeah, yeah. And, I, and so it'll be it'll be even more interesting. Sorry, mom. Uh, Jacob, mm. Jacob, you kind of uh you beat me to the point when you said a team maybe we didn't expect to be in the top ten. Missouri obviously making the jump to the top 10. Louisville as well. So they're traveling to Miami. Um, like you said, one of the weirdest spreads. Maybe it's a half point towards Miami. So whatever that means. It sounds pretty even to me. Don't want to push, I guess, is how uh, Clint uh, described it. So we're going with a half point spread. So <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just weird, man. This is weird. But anyway, give me your take. Who you got? Dude, it screws up your English saying that just a half point spread. Like, like for real, listeners, please comment if you've ever seen this before because I don't know if I've ever seen a half point spread. Um, kind of messes with your mind a little bit. But uh, yeah, Louisville's been really, really good this year. Um, I've said it before about their running back and their receiver. I'm not going to do all those Jays again. Um, but they've really lit it up this these uh past couple weeks. Um, surprise for them to only beat Virginia last week by seven. Virginia's been an odd team this year. Um, but Miami has lost two in a row um, after being six and two, a hot start, and they had that, you know, kind of crazy thing happening at Georgia Tech. I'm not going to say too much more about it. But uh, yeah, this team, I mean, they've had two overtime wins out of the last five, and they've lost the other three. So they could have easily lost the last five. It's been a weird season for them as well. So um, I don't think they're playing Tyler Van Dyke. I don't know if they've moved on from him. They started, uh, Emory, I think it's Emory Williams last week. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So I don't know if they've completely moved off from him. And, you know, I, I think he's a he's a junior, Tyler Van Dyke, so transfer portal, you know, alert, I guess. But, we don't um, want him. Yeah, but there are definitely some teams out there that would take I him. I hope he goes to Clemson. No, 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 no. We won't take that. Guy. Sorry. <laughs> that would be that's the guy that out of all the people, Dad was like, "Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm gonna take Van Dyke." Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that how that sounds? Man, man, see now, do Mr. Van Dyke. And then everybody starts screaming, "Don't use the portal anymore!" Dude, <laughs> I, I, I love that voice. That's why he's gonna do it. Old school voice. That's perfect for that. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want you to do it again. But Louisville, I, I'm think I'm gonna take them to cover. Um. I say cover. It's a half point spread. Again, I, I'm just going to pick this <laughs> yeah, straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to pick this straight up. Louisville wins the game. I don't really know how the half point thing is going to work, but Louisville wins the game. Yeah, I'm a good Louisville too. I just I can't trust Miami. I, I trust Louisville a fair amount more. Um, I I do. I want to know if they have anybody in the pipeline of uh, recruit wise for to play quarterback for Louisville because. I, I honestly think that's the, the worst spot they have on the team is is Plummer. And he's not terrible, but he's 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, so they have been a little bit turnover prone. That's when Louisville gets in trouble. Uh, outside of that, they're a really good team. Miami is still trying to figure out what the heck they're doing at quarterback. And, you know, we're 
10 games into or 11 games into the season. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Louisville. Look, it's it's not just the past 10, 11 games, Clint. Miami's been trying to figure out what to do at quarterback since That's 2003. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or 2002, whatever year they played Ohio State in the national championship. So it's, it's been one, one of their uh, downfalls, if you will, along with, with a few other things. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Louisville is just like, they're, they're not flashy. You know, they, it's not Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to uh, slip on the, the guy that came after him who's also just as mobile. Um, he's in the NFL now. Jacob, do you remember? Yeah, I uh, picture him. Is it Malik Cunningham? Yep, it's Malik Cunningham. Good yep. call. Um, so he, it's not that. So yeah, Plummer, 16 touchdowns, 9 picks, like average, right? But th- they don't do anything flashy, but, but they get the job done. And I think a team like that, that's well coached, that's it's consistent and doesn't have a lot of drama going on. And then you look at Miami and kind of the issues they have in specifically with the quarterback position. They've been up and down. Um, I honestly think the the wind got sucked out of them, the life after the whole Georgia Tech thing with Mario Cristobal and that whole fiasco. Um, yeah, I mean that's that it's literally a win you had in your book that you kind of had to uh, kind of just restart and feel like their record's kind of off than what it should be. So give me Louisville. I think they're just a better team, better coach all around. All right. All right. Moving on. Number 12, Penn State hosting Rutgers. Noon kickoff. Penn State coming off that loss over Michigan that we talked about. Penn State opens up as 20 and a half point favorites. Jacob, too big of a spread or right on the money? Nah, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's probably not big enough. I think Penn State Ooh. is as a fan base, it's going to be interesting to see which way their players uh, take, you know, because it seems like this is a running joke at this point. And it's the truth, but Penn State just cannot be Michigan or Ohio State. That's the only two losses. And this year they kept it closer than, than previous years, it feels like. But they they just crush everybody else, but then they just they just lose those two guys, those two teams. So, um, but from the Rutgers side too, I, I think it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, to go to Iowa, and you know they've got a pretty good defense, but you know their offense is historically bad. And we thought we knew Rutgers was not the greatest team. They they played better. They've got a better record than previous years, being six and four. Um, and again, at the time they were six and three when they went to Iowa. But to lose twenty two nothing, where you you literally score nothing against Iowa's defense, that's what they want to do, and you let them do it. Um, I think Penn State's going to be pissed. Rutgers could be just like, what the hell just happened? And they're going to cover the 20 and a half in my mind. Ooh. Penn State will. Oh, see, you're getting us. You made it seem like it was a Rutgers move. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to throw you off, Clint. I mean, I, I'm going Penn State either way. Any team that lose to Iowa, I'll automatically lose respect for. So. Uh, and if you lose twenty-two to nothing, that's Jesus. Um, yeah, give me Penn State. It is a big number. I would not be surprised if Rutgers does actually cover, but I, I'm just going to pick Penn State and just sweat it out. It's a big number, like some of their other uh, spreads earlier in the season. They're going to cover, but they're not going to cover until the like late third, early fourth quarter. They're going to take their sweet time because I don't know why they just they don't seem like they're much in a hurry. So. All right, let, let's go back to the SEC, get back to some high-scoring offenses. Number 13, Ole Miss, coming off the big loss versus Georgia. They're hosting UL Monroe, that's University of Louisiana Monroe. Mississippi, probably one of the bigger spreads uh, of the weekend. 
They are 37 and I'm sorry, just 37 point favorites. UL Monroe's had some big upsets in the past few years. I think uh, I know I think they beat Arkansas maybe four or five years ago. They gave Auburn a run for their money. Um, but this UL Monroe team is it's two and eight, so I don't see that happening this year. But it is a big spread. So Jacob, do you think that Ole Miss is able to come back after last week, only scoring 17 versus the Bulldogs, and and put a put a beat down on old Monroe, or you think they're going to keep it within that 37? I think it's really funny how we had these two teams back to back, Penn State and Ole Miss, because I think I mentioned a, a couple podcasts ago that is Lane Kiffin basically the James Franklin of the SEC? So like, yep, you did say that. Kind of weird how that happened, but I, I think it's the same deal here. They're just gonna get, they're just gonna crush this team because they just do that. I mean, the, the offense is too dang talented, and thirty seven again. I kind of just like the Florida State and Alabama game, we kind of thought they both could have had a spread similar to this. Um, and for some reason they didn't. I, you know, so I'm surprised this game has a spread in a way. So 37, I think Ole Miss is going to they, – they feast on teams like this. Just the James Franklin of, of the SEC. So <laughs> give, me, give me Ole Miss. I like it. Clint, how do you lean on this one? Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to go the same way. Uh, I have no real reason to believe that Ole Miss won't cover. Uh, outside of maybe uh, Monroe having some weird plays against uh, Ole Miss defense, that's not very good. But I think that the talent gap is just too far for it to really matter. So give me Ole Miss, and I'll lay the big spread. Yeah, historically, and by historically, I mean this season, have not been a big fan of these these big spreads like this. But this late in the year, Ole Miss knows what they're doing on offense. Again, UNMRO's two and eight, so it's not like some good FCS team. I mean, they're in the Power Five, so uh, man, yeah, I don't like, I don't like it, but I'm gonna trust that Ole Miss offense and Len Kiffin's probably pissed off, so he's probably gonna drop as many points as he can on this team. So unfortunately, bad day to be a a Warhawk for the for UNMRO, and I think Ole Miss rolls. All right, the bane of my existence. Um, at least there the past few weeks with uh, with me flipping and flopping and the spreads going back and forth, forth and back. Um, number fourteen, Oklahoma traveling to BYU. Uh, it's going to be a, a pretty much just a soak fest down there. And Stop. OU's twenty four and a half point favorites. Twenty four and a half. Dylan Gabriel coming out coming uh, off a eight touchdown video game like performance. Uh, Jacob, I think I know where you're leaning, but. Tell, tell me what you got. Yeah. Uh, why do you know where I'm leaning? Tell me that. I just got. I just feel it. I just feel it. You just feel it. Yeah, I feel like I know where you're leaning. I don't know, man. Uh, BYU. Let me see. Surprise me. I mean, Dylan Gabriel. Can't, I mean, he had what 600 total yards last week. It was that that was him last week. Um, so he is peaking at the right time um, himself, based on those stats. But the team. Losing two in a row, right? Like that's not ideal. Um, for Clint's sanity, oh no, they they beat West Virginia last week, so they lost the two. They won last week with his his big game. That's right. Um, well, BYU's lost three in a row, so this is not what it used to be. At least with this BYU team, for is going to play at BYU. Um, I remember when they had Zach Wilson and and previous BYU teams. Honestly, they. You you went up there to Mormon country and you were you were scared. You weren't going to just get a, go in there and get an easy dub. Um, so it does sound like I'm going to lean on you. I love doing this deal, but I'm actually going to take about BYU. The Mormons scare you. I'm uh, just you know their daily life kind of 
what okay. they do. I, you just said it. I was just asking for clarification. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take BYU to cover the 24 and a half here. I think Oklahoma's offense will still be Oklahoma's offense, but that's a decent amount of points for Oklahoma of all teams to go up there in the mountains and, and play. Um, give, give me BYU. All right. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong. I didn't do that because you you were leaning one way. I was no. I just I did. Feel, I feel like I knew what you were you were going, and, and I was wrong. So yeah, Clint, do we win. already do we already know your pick or what? Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we Pretend got you. In. Can you hear me? Yeah, I guess we don't got him right now. Um, yep. we can just mark him down for Oklahoma, though, right? <laughs> I think so. At this point, I think it's I think it's Oklahoma. Clint, if you can I mean, hear me, he, write down Oklahoma. He's the one writing them down anyway. Yeah. You know, for for all of us. But uh, look, I, I'm really man. I, it is hard for me to, to pick this game because I do think one one I need it. That's obvious, right? Like I can be biased and say I I obviously need this game. You're right. Like I need BYU to win straight up more than I need BYU to cover, but because of that and because it is such a high spread and uh, Oklahoma's been so like hit or miss up and down, if you will. Mm-hmm. Look, anytime you have Dylan Gabriel, you have a chance to win by twenty four every single game. Um, but they are traveling to BYU. It's an early kick. I almost would have at first. I was gonna say maybe a night game would be better, but the fact that they're traveling, they got to get up early, and it, and it's an earlier than I don't know what the is it what ten a.m. kick there. Yeah, it was about um, to say ten a.m. So, uh, getting up early to play a bunch of Mormons. Um, give me BYU to cover the twenty-four and a half. I think it's just going to be a weird game. It's probably going to be a little, little cold. Some Oklahoma's maybe not used to as much. So, give me, uh, give me BYU to uh, Which, cover the twenty-four and a half. By the way, can we outlaw stuff like that? Like that just feels wrong to play football at ten a.m. unless you're like, uh, you know, under four foot tall. You know, what I'm saying like a yeah. Saturday morning kind of thing. Yeah, the one, the only game I ever played, like our like all state game, was at like eleven a.m. or I think it was like at eleven a.m., maybe ten. Uh, that was just... the only time. It was like getting up. It, it wasn't that bad, but like, yeah, yeah I think I, when you you get I so used soccer to playing like at up, night. And it was like first thing Saturday mornings, but football at that time yeah. is different. Like, come I on, do, uh, yeah, that was kind of early, man. The the only good thing about at least at least going to the soccer games when I was watching you and you you play at least I, I get some of those orange slices too. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad for me watching. That's right. That's uh, right. So. Clint, we got you. Uh, I guess yeah, a lot there of there we go. Did we mark you hey. down for Oklahoma. No, I'm actually gonna go BYU, man. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I I definitely think Oklahoma's gonna win. Um, and it might get close to the twenty twenty four points, but it's just it's just a lot, and I'm kind of just swaying myself with the fact that it's at, at BYU. So. Why did it surprise you that our resident Mormon picked BYU? <laughs> uh, oh, hey, hey, for record keeping purposes, JC, did you go Penn State or Rutgers? Uh, I went Penn State and I also went to BYU. Yeah, all right, I got you. All right, so we went BYU across the board. Great. Nope. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, I need right. BYU to win straight up, though, for my sake. Oh, we yeah, will know that. Do you know what time we're tailgating, by the way? Because this might be right in the middle of that. 
Oh, they want to get there around noon. Hell yeah. Let's hope you got a flight back by then. <clears throat> oh, man. All right. Speaking of big old spreads, number 15, LSU, <laughs> taking on Georgia State. Georgia State, not a bad team, actually. Um, but Louisville, I'm sorry, Louisville. LSU is 31-point favorites. Uh, I'm not saying this to be facetious, Jacob. I'm, I am I am with you. Jacob's Heisman front runner, which I agree with. Jaden Daniels playing Georgia State, 31-point favorites. How are we looking, Jacob's? Just another blowout, another stat stat pad game for old Jaden Daniels. What you got? Oh, we got the mic getting closer. We're going to get pissed here again if I need to. Uh-oh. People listening, the United States of America, all Americans, if you do not vote like we can vote for this, if you do not vote for Jay Daniels to be the freaking Heisman winner here, I'm going to do something to your grandmother's grave. Oh my god! Oh, you're gonna desecrate a grave? I think it's a federal crime. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just if you're kidding, guys. Just here. kidding, guys. Bo Nix deserves to be favored, I guess, in a way. But like, he's played very well. But the the real favorite is Jaden Daniels in this in this life and the next. This man has been playing out oh of his mind. I'm not an LSU dude. fan. The but more I, know... I keep squinting, that Penix tattoo looks a little. Oh, that purple has got some yellow on it, not gold. <laughs> Why did Jaden? He's Daniels? having a better year than Joe Burrow did, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, that is saying something, actually. Well, Burrow didn't run either, but I'm with you. I know. So compare his stats. We, we need some Tebow stat comparison. Tebow's saw uh, his Heisman Trophy winning year. Since we, we got do. some a running quarterback, SEC. See how they yeah, that would be good. Um, but for his pick in this game, LSU, Georgia State. Georgia State used to be like a, I think a few years ago. I remember them and Coastal going back and forth. They were like ten and ten and two, eleven and one kind of deal. And they're still a good team. They were six and four. They lost the last three. Um, so they're a decent team, but and they may can score on this LSU defense, which everybody and their grandmother has. Uh, to bring grandmother back out of the grave. Um, but <laughs> LSU That's being nice. minus 31, that is a lot. Um, Jane Daniels, I'm guessing he's still healthy after taking that hit a few weeks ago. I mean, he played out of his mind, you know. So, man, give me Georgia State because that is a lot of points. And that defense is, is you know, four is the spread. I, I know, I know. But that doesn't mean... I mean, that's how uh, Daniels has been favored in the high, or he should be favored in the Heisman right now because he's been putting up stupid numbers, but yet his defense keeps, you know, and I think freaking the LSU uh, social media team even like re- retweeted or reposted somebody saying something about how bad LSU's defense was. So like they even Let's understand not it. Do that. Let's well, not I mean, do that. it's just as, the, as the program, not we can do that. They should. Well, yeah, we can, but the program retweeted it. So anyway, uh, give me Georgia State to cover the 31. Clint, who you got in this game, and how do you feel about Penix's tattoo on Jacob being covered up by Jaden Daniels? Yeah, just listen, I want to make it clear that I do agree that Jaden Daniels probably should be the favorite, but also your grandmothers are safe with me. I'm not going to desecrate their graves or anything. I think that's worse. (laughs) Thank you, because all of my grandmothers are passed away. and Okay, I'll pay my respects. Um, Thank you. Dude, Jaden had what was it like six hundred yards himself total total yardage last game. He might have seven hundred this game. Seven hundred. I mean, and listen, what else does LSU have to play for other than you know having a Heisman dude and a really sick bowl game? I guess. Uh, yeah, Jaden Daniels might play all but the last drive just to kind of 
get these pump these numbers up, if you will. So yeah, give me I'll take LSU lay the thirty one. Uh, this is going to be one of those where we're looking at hats on like, oh my God, Jaden's going off again. Yeah, I do. Uh, Georgia State's not a bad team. They're 6-4. and four. They did get blown up by James Madison. There's some ties. Our South Carolina's defensive end, Jordan Strawn, came from Georgia State, so they do produce some good players. Their head coach is Sean Elliott, who was our offensive line coach um, at South Carolina and the interim coach when Spurrier decided to leave us so hastily. So some ties there. Elliott's a good coach, very passionate guy. Players love him. But I'm with Clint. I think Jaden Daniels is going to play just by every snap. I think he's actually going to play that last that last drive as well and try to truck somebody there at the end just because he can. <laughs> so give me LSU. I just go back to the the LSU Army game. Trevor's around the same. They did the whole camo end zone. So hopefully LSU will paint their end zones black and blue like Georgia State. And black and blue kind of matches for what's going to happen to their players as well. So give me Jaden Daniels padding his Heisman stats just to get Jacob a little bit more excited. Um, oh, so yes. the only soaking is, is not going to be in BYU. It's going to be in, in Jacob's mm, house as well. As he watches this game. Soaking. Um, oh, I thought you were talking about so, grandmothers again. I was like, oh no, my God. No, not talking about that. I stay <laughs> no. away from that topic um, okay. as, as often as I can. All right, let's go to the best team. In the Big Ten West, I believe, <laughs> East or West, depending on what side of the country you're on and which way the map's facing, Iowa hosting Jesus Illinois. Professional. Iowa's three-point favorites versus Illinois. Jacob. Yeah. Why are you picking Iowa? <laughs> Dude, because it's fucking Illinois. There you and go. Deacon it's Hill is uh, Take over. the man. Deacon Hill's the man. No, uh... It's just Iowa, and this freaking over-under is still at 30.5, which is comical. It's been like that for, what, four straight weeks? It's been right at 29 and 30, which is like historically low, and that's just hilarious. Um, beating a team 22 nothing last week, that's just hilarious. So give me Iowa to win freaking 17-6. to six. There we go. Me and uh, Clint picked Rutgers, by the way, last week, so. Something I'm not gonna do this week. Clint, give me your Iowa score, buddy. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, I'm gonna go Iowa. I'm, I'm not gonna pick against them again and be made a fool of. Um, give me Iowa. Let's say. Oh God, what do I want here? Um, Pain. let's say Iowa twenty-four. Illinois will go thirteen. Whoa, so you're going the over big time. Wow. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Big um, time. But, but I'm about it. I'm going... <laughs> I, I was writing this down and realized this was so close to Jacobs. I, was, I wanted to go 16 just based on a bunch of field goals. Uh, but I also got... I also got... Uh, whoever the hell they're playing. Illinois only scoring six points. So Jacobs got 17-6 Iowa. I'm actually going 16-6 to Iowa. Because uh, they're going to score one touchdown. And then it's a field goal, field goal, field goal. I think that adds up. Yeah. So, all right. We all got Iowa. I like it. That might be the first time ever. Nice. We all got And Illinois is going to win. Watch. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. They beat it into us, dude. <clears throat> it, wait, even if they lose, are they still in the Big Ten Championship? Right? Aren't they, they still have like two game games ahead? on everybody? I think oh, yeah, okay. second place right now in that a Big Ten West is like tied at three and four in the conference. Yeah, that's actually They crazy. have five tied that way. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. Let's move on to one of the most exciting players in the Pac-12, 
No, it's not Caleb Williams. It's Noah Fafita hosting Utah. Arizona, one-point favorites, even though Utah is ranked 22nd in the country. This is on the Pac-12 network, not the CW. Jacob, who's won in this game? Not who's won in. What's, what's your pick? <laughs> uh, no, this is kind of like I talked about earlier about Oregon State. That, that could be DJ, you know, his his like national coming out as an Oregon State beaver. Um, I think he's coming out as what? <laughs> yeah, you heard me. Uh, okay. This is uh, kind of Noah Fafita's, you know, coming out in a, in a way. I mean, I know he just played Colorado and I had a lot of eyes on him last week. Um, but remember, this team did beat Oregon State. Um, they just barely lost to USC, this Arizona team. So, and I mean, this Utah team seems to be doing better than they have to start the season. Um, they lost two out of their last three, though. Um, but they, they crushed ASU and they only lost to Washington by one score. Um, so this is actually going to be a really tough game. Um, in fact, I, I would even call this probably the game of the week um, based on how I think it could finish. Um, Arizona, like I said, is favored just one. Um, but they're at home. Odd kickoff time, at least for us, uh, 2.30. Um, Bryson Barnes has been playing better the past couple games. I think once he finally heard that Cam Rising was not coming back this year, he was able to, to sit down and kind of focus on the offense and really focus on being the starter, saying this, this is my team. Um, but I mean, if you're just giving me quarterback matchup, I think Noah Fafita is just a much better quarterback than Bryson Barnes. So because of that, I'm going to take Arizona, even though they're favored one, um, give me, give me Arizona. Nice. Yeah, I'm going Arizona as well. Uh, I know Utah, they have scored a little bit in these past two games. However, I, th- they rely on defense more on offense. I, I think they kind of took advantage of some less than awesome defenses, both in Arizona State and Washington. And we talked about how they've kind of been slipping defensively as well. Um, I, I'm going to go Arizona. Uh, I'll lay the three. Um, is it Arizona that has one, both? One point. Oh, one. Oh, hell yeah. I wrote that down wrong. Uh, is it Arizona that has... Okay, they just have Arizona State left. So they, they could finish really strong this year and have a great season. A season that I don't think you, any of us expected out of this Wildcats team. So yeah, I'll take Arizona. I've written down Arizona and I think I'm still going to get go with them, but man, something is telling me to, to lean towards the Utes. Um, but who doesn't like a good sizzling fajita? So give me fajita <laughs> to win. Um, I've actually never ordered one. I just hear my Applebee's when we used to go 10 years ago. And always brought joy and excitement to everybody around. So with that being said, give me Fafita. That's going to be how I take... Clint, you can write this down as an insane, stupid pick, okay? Because now that made no sense, but that's why I'm leaning that way. Um, <laughs> joy so and anyway, excitement to, to everyone anymore. around. Let's, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know every head turn when you heard things, yeah, things right. sizzling. Don't even lie to me. No, you're I've right. I've been right. with you, and I know what sizzling things walk by, and I've seen your head turn. <laughs> it's another fact. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it ain't nothing. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> oh man I love it I love it alright number 19 Notre Dame hosting Wake Forest Notre Dame is 24 and a half point favorites Jacob how you lean how you lean buddy hey lean with it, how about this Notre Dame coming off of a bye this late in the season in the middle of November how about that hey they finally got the Finish rest strong, they needed yeah <laughs> they, they needed a few weeks ago <laughs> they did um 
Yeah, I, you know, Wake is not the Wake of old with Sam Hartman. This is kind of the, the Sam Hartman game in a way because, you know, he came from Wake for the listeners that didn't know. Um, it, you know, the last game that Notre Dame played, they played at Clemson and lost. Um, they were – I forget what the spread was in that game. I don't know if y'all remember that, but I feel sure they were favored by a few points. I um, was like three and a half or – yeah, I think Notre Dame was favored, so they come kind of coming off of an upset, and uh, you know, I, this team's been very up and down. It's been very odd to watch. I mean, their running back Audrey Estimate is probably their best player, and he doesn't seem to get enough run in in my mind. Um, they 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 started with him last game at the Clemson game, and then kind of went away from him a little bit and leaned on Hartman, and they saw what happened there. Um, so I, I really think Estimate is going to you know be used heavily in this game. Um, and keep that pressure off of Hartman, and then Hartman will make his plays because he wants to beat his old team, I feel sure, pretty handily. Um, so give me Notre Dame to cover the 24 and a half. I like it. <laughs> 24, 24 and a half feels like a lot in this game for some reason. Um, I think I'm still going to go Notre Dame, though. I like, uh, like the fact that they're coming off of bye week. I think that maybe just that's what they needed, man. They started the season so strong, and uh, maybe just they got tired throughout the year and took a couple tough losses. I think they really needed, even if it was this late, they needed a they needed a bye week. So uh, I'm gonna bet on them to come out refreshed, fresh legs. Uh, Sam Hartman playing against his old team uh, kind of knows what to expect at least a little bit. Give me Notre Dame at home, and um, I'll leave it at 24 and a half. Again, not a fan of these big spreads, especially with Notre Dame's offense not being very consistent. If you look at the teams when they play now, it, it could be twofold. They they play good quality teams with quality defense, so yeah, they're not going to score as many points. But I feel like even in those games versus you know Ohio State and Clemson, some other like their offense just can't get in a rhythm. Like even versus Clemson, man, they had some big plays, got down in the red zone, just couldn't finish drives. But for some reason, then they play like, for instance, was the pit game? They dropped like fifty something. Like fifty eight or something, drop crazy. Yeah, some of that. So, yeah. a game like this versus an inferior opponent, again, same Harmon's old team. I think that uh, the offense will figure it out, and they'll be able to, to cover this one. I, not very confident, but again, they just when they play inferior teams. They they figured out on offense, and they were able to handle business big time. So, give me Notre Dame to cover as well. Um, Over unders only at forty six and a half, though. So, <laughs> interesting oh. there. Yeah, that's not great. All right. Yeah, I kind of want to yeah, switch it up now, but no, I'll stick with my pick. Yeah, I, I just kind of noticed that I was about I was about to move on. I was like, oh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of low. Yeah. All right, a game that Jacob will be attending. Um, I'm sure it will be an exciting game. It's a 3:30 kick on ESPN, not the CW. We get Hell that yeah. channel. Let's go, North Carolina, the Tar Heels traveling to Clemson to take on Dabo Sweeney and the transfer portalist Tigers. And Clemson is six and a half point favorite jacob are we hammering the spread are you guys gonna absolutely dominate or or is drake may coming back out for his heisman uh his heisman like little uh presentation thing is he trying to make a run or what (laughs) yes sir i will be at this game and my lovely wife bought me tickets and she has got me great seats for this and i will tell you that if we win this game i will be storming the field that is for damn sure um so if i come back with a black eye i will next week hold that to you as a man of your word. That's right. I'm hopping over that wall, baby. Um, but yeah, this game I'm really looking forward to. Um, North Carolina has seemed like they've 
you know, Drake May, I think, started the year as, as at least a top two. I think he was top two, maybe top three on, in the Heisman rankings. And um, it feels like it's been a disappointment for him this year, um, yet they're still eight and two. Um, but they had bigger aspirations than than just eight and two. Um, they were trying to, you know, make a playoff and all that, but they lost to lackluster teams, Virginia and Georgia Tech. So um, if they didn't lose that, this would be an even bigger game than it is. Um, but coming off that huge win uh, against Duke last week, and again, that was without Riley Leonard. Um, that was in double overtime, I think it was, 47-45. Um, they, they may be too tired. They may be hyped up. I don't know. Um, but I think we're going to get their best punch, but I know North Carolina is going to get our best punch, the best punch we can give at this point in the season because this is probably the best we've felt as a team um, this year, coming off that Notre Dame win and then coming off of last week, uh, Georgia Tech win, which, again, we saw in the field, blah, blah, blah. Um, I love how we're finishing yeah. the season playing North Carolina and then South Carolina and then hopefully a, a decent bowl. Um, but Because we get, like I said, regional dominance, and, and we we – Lost to North Carolina State, so you can't say that. But we beat Charleston Southern, uh, we beat Georgia Tech, and you know Georgia team, and now we get the chance to beat North Carolina and South Carolina just to be regionally dominant. So we have something to look forward to this year. After a it's three and two, regionally dominant because you've lost to Duke as well. So uh, they beat us in North Carolina. That's yes. three and two. That's what I'm gonna okay, say. That's what I'm gonna say. If that's your definition, I'm fine with it. Dude. <laughs> no, no, no. You're I would right, say the right. same shit. You're right. You're right. I mean, we beat um, Furman, and. Uh, who else we beat nearby? Furman. I know. I don't know if you said Furman. Jackson was only three and a half hours away. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to K not fumbling the ball every single week. I say that. Um, I think we're going to honestly lead lean Phil Moffat, even though Shipley looked pretty healthy last week and he had another week to kind of to get even more healthy. But I think we still may lean Phil Moffat in this, um, and and at least split the carries, split the touches, kind of deal. Um, but I'm honestly scared. It sounds crazy to say, I understand, but Drake may has played pretty good, but he hasn't played up to his standards, but I'm honestly more scared of Amari and Hampton. He is actually uh second in the nation in rushing yards with 1,236. That's just 14 behind Ollie Gordon. And I've, you've heard me, you know, kind of hype him up for Oak state the past couple of weeks. Um, right. he's got 13 touchdowns. That's kind of wild. Um, he's had a hell of a year. Um, so this, I think the key to this game is not going to be what that North Carolina defense or uh, offense can do to our um, defense because I think our defense can hold them. They scored 40-some points, it seems like, on average or in their sleep in a way because that offense is crazy. But um, I, I really think that you know our defense can kind of hold it down to manageable a manageable amount of points for us to get to, uh, 20, 24, 28, somewhere in that range. It's really going to be – against our offense against that defense it if we can play a clean game we we should be able to win this game 35 38 to 24 something like that um so with that being said i will take clemson of course to cover the six and a half i think it is i think open at seven or seven and a half um i'm going to take clemson to cover that six and a half but we have to play a mistake free game we have to be uh you know just but really good on third downs. We we have to just kind of possess the ball a little bit, keep that North Carolina offense off the field. And uh, this is, I want to say easily doable, but this is definitely doable. It's de- definitely doable. So, Clint, what do you lean on this one, man? I think it's going to be a close one. It's crazy. Like, and I'll try to keep this quick. I think this internet may be worse than dial-up. It's amazing out here. Um, This this game coming into the season, we 
at least I thought it would have way more implications. Um, just not the season maybe both teams anticipated North Carolina. It's still have an okay season, but as of late has looked, you know, really questionable, especially defensively. Um, I want to go North Carolina, but I think the way Clemson's defense has been playing as of late and really all year, uh, that they're going to be able to throw Drake May off enough. And uh, it looks like this Clemson offense is kind of finding their rhythm. It may not be the prettiest thing in the world, but it's it's starting to get the job done, especially in the red zone. And that's something they struggle with all year. And I, I think there's something to remember too: is Clemson hasn't it hasn't been that they haven't moved the ball. It's just they've stabbed themselves in the foot once they get within you know ten or five yards of the goal line for whatever reason. But it looks like maybe they've remedied some of that. Give me Clemson. Um, I'm going to rely on that defense to kind of throw this Tar Heel offense off kilter and uh, cover the, the six and a half. Buying some stock. It's, it, it's crazy that, uh, you know, we, we say North Carolina may be down and they're 8-2. Let's say they they went out and they finished 10-2. and two. Like, that's a hell of a year, especially for, for a North Carolina program that, like, historically football isn't their sport, right? Um, they, they've been up and down the past couple of games, maybe more up than they, than they were kind of middle of the season when they seem to be kind of fallen off there for a minute. Drake May kind of fell off and got out of Heisman talks and has since kind of brought that back up. Obviously, uh, an instant classic versus Duke last week. Um, I wish this game was at night because I, I, I got that kind of shootout feel to it, at least in my eyes. Half of it and will be. That's true. That's, it'll, yeah, yeah. it'll be dark by the time it finishes. You're right, the, the way the yeah. time, time is now. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. The thing that I lean towards, two things, that, and I said it earlier, is that when when it's a, a close game, I lean quarterback plays. So like I would lean Drake May over Klubnik. The other thing is y'all's defense that was really good. And I know I keep talking about Jeremiah Shutter, but that dude is. I mean, he's gonna be a top like again top ten, top fifteen pick. So I think Clemson's gonna win the game. Now that scares me because I think it's gonna be like a field goal game. So I don't trust you guys to make a field goal. I know I've joked about, but I'm serious to make like a 40-yard field goal at the end. So I think you guys are just going to be up by three, and I think your defense is going to make a stand at the end of the game. So give me North Carolina to cover the six and a half. I think Clemson is going to win the game. I think it's going to be close. But I think, like Jacob said, Amarin Hampton is going to be trouble. If he gets going and they can work that play action, trouble. But their defense is better as a whole than just Drake May and some of the other guys. But Tez Walker's been playing good. They've got some other athletes on the outside. So give me Clemson in a close one. I think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be good and bad for you, man, because it's going to be hell of a game that you're going to can't wait to talk about. But in the middle of it, you're going to be having a heart attack. So no, exactly. Like that, that's, I, that's how I feel. That's what I was thinking. Like as much as I'd love to blow this team out by like 25 or something, being at that game, especially partial part of it being at night, I'd love to have a field goal game. That would just be insane to just be a part of and and just experience. But um, I gotta I gotta say you you brought up Tez Walker again, man, super talented. He's actually their leading receiver, and he didn't play, what, the first three games or something like that? Four games, was it? At least three, dude. It might have been more. At least three. That, I think, is what's holding Drake May back. It's not really been on Drake May. I think they he's just lost a couple of receivers. And, and for Tez Walker to be, I think he's leading the team with 600 yards or right around there, um, that's that's a little worrisome just from the receiver core. So if they don't have anybody else step up, I think Clemson will easily cover this. There we go. All right, well. Can't can't wait to see that, and obviously, like I said, you, you'll be there in person. So let's move on. We got a few more games left. We'll get into South Carolina, Kentucky, and we'll wrap this thing up, and we'll all be at a game this weekend. So can't wait. All right, uh, moving on. Number twenty-one, Kansas State traveling to number twenty-five, Kansas. 
Kansas State, seven and a half point favorites. Jacob, how do you lean on this one? Dude, Kansas State all day. I hate to say that because Kansas has been a joy to watch and Jason Bean's been good and stuff, but I don't see anybody stopping this Kansas State offense. They've just been clicking the past several, like four or five weeks. They've averaged almost 40-some points, scored 59 last week, and the only thing that stopped them was Texas, and they and they brought Texas to overtime, um, still scored 30 on them. So I, I don't see Kansas being able to stop the offense and then keep it up with them unless they got Jalen Daniels, which I don't even know what the hell's going on there. We say that every week, but um, give me Kansas State to cover the seven and a half. I'm going to go Kansas State as well. Uh, Bean for Kansas, is he got hurt last game. Is he is he out this week? Do you all know? I have not That's heard an update because that is, um, that is an issue. Um, I think I can't think of the third string's name, but I think he does have some playing time this year, but not enough to where I'd feel confident about about switching this pick or anything. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I'm going to kind of, I'm assuming he's not playing. They made it sound like the injury was kind of serious, at least from what I heard uh, during last week's games. I'll I'll go Kansas State, and I'll lay the seven and a half. Uh, Mostly, you know, Jacob hit hit most of the points there, plus the injuries that Kansas has. Let let me go Kansas State, and, and we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, I think even with Bean, even if he did play, I think just the way Kansas State's been playing recently, I probably would have leaned that way. And then obviously with, with being him being out, uh, more than likely that, that just hammers that that point home. So give me Kansas State as well, seven and a half. And uh looks like we're on the same page again. All right, a few a few interesting games and uh we'll wrap this thing up. Oklahoma State, number twenty three in the country. They're traveling to Houston. Um Oak State seven point favorites. Jacob, you feeling upset, or you think Oklahoma State's going to handle business? Obviously, you talked about Ollie Gordon a little bit, but you know they had a a big big win versus Oklahoma, and then obviously last week not so hot. So how do they rebound? Dude, ask uh, Mike Gundy. That's a very good question. I think ask this uh, Houston offense is very good, um, but but they they have been very good, but they've been kind of up and down. But I, I really don't know. I I I don't know what happened. In that UCF game, I really should have gone back in and listened to Mike Gundy's. Uh, is it Mike Gundy? Am I saying that right? You're right. I keep I'm doing the Jeff Van Gundy thing you did. Yeah, yeah, but you had it right from the get go. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Um, I, I wish, wish I'd have seen his press conference to see what he said went wrong in that game. Um, and I should have, but uh, I, I, I can't, they, they've got to bounce back after that, right? So, I mean, what's the spread again in this? Seven. So, I mean, I know it's at Houston, but Mike Gundy, he, he's always had a really good team. Like, they've got a bounce back here. So give me Oak State minus seven. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to take Oak State, too. I mean, we talked about the game last week. That was one of the more fluky games I think we have ever, we've witnessed, at least in a long time. It, it didn't make sense from any standpoint. And I don't see that uh, being a trend. I, I don't think um, that's something that's going to continue through the rest of the year for Oklahoma State. Give me Oklahoma State to beat a uh, somewhat down Houston team, and I'll, I'll lay the seven points. Yeah, you get beat by UCF. That's not the surprise, right? It's the 45-3 to absolute right. beatdown um, yeah. and, and the non-existent offense. So I'm, look, you, you can only go up from here. So uh, I trust Mike Gundy uh, a little bit. Um, enough to, to beat Houston at least by seven points. So give me Oak State and there's seven points. All right, this next one, 
Vegas figured it out. Vegas has been listening to this podcast because they keep putting Tulane at these big spreads and I keep picking against them and I keep getting them right. Problem is, they drop them down a little bit. So now, the number 24 team in the country, Tulane, is only nine and a half point favorites versus Florida Atlantic. But th- let, me, let, me, let me tell you something about Florida Atlantic. They lost to Illinois by six, right? A good Illinois team, right? Nah, not really. And they almost beat Clemson. They only lost forty-eight to fourteen. So they got a little bit what? of a little bit of a, of a, of a decent <laughs> team. They're they're four and six. That's when um, we were bad. Yeah. So close game there. Um, so with that being said, uh, I'm going to lean Tulane actually to just win by ten. So give me the nine and a half. Uh, and Tulane. Yeah, if this was a a night game, you know, FAU is the Owls. I would have thought maybe there could have been a chance, like a weird going down to Southern Florida, FAU, the Owls, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you missed it. Oh, I didn't know who you're talking about. Yeah, oh, that is on me. Who? Oh, no, no, no. I I was making a joke. I wrote down Florida Atlantic though, but I'm going Tulane, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to go Tulane here as well. Um, I think if this was, a night, like I said, a night game, maybe there could be some magic there. Um, but yeah, give me give me Tulane. And hey, 10-1 for Tulane. They had a really good season last year, and Michael Pratt doing it again. So, you're fine. He just jinxed it. I'm looking at these games here. At least uh, the last, let's see, last four. Tulane's one by seven, by two, by three, by two. Give me, give me FAU. Keep it within. Those no, spreads were like twenty points. Just yeah. So, and, and also, I'm not gonna lie, y'all picked first on this one, so I had a chance to see, and I, I need to catch somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, we picked pretty close most of most of this week, so I'll go the other way. I'll pick FAU, and I'll take the nine and a half. All right. All right. Well, that wraps up the top twenty-five for this week. Um. Who has a who is actually number twenty five? Because they must. Oh no no, my bad. They're playing. Okay, I got. It. I figured it out. Figured it out. That's Kansas. good job. Um. All right. Kentucky traveling to South Carolina. Seven thirty kick down there at Old Willie B. Clint and I will be there. Can't wait. Should be a rocking environment. Um. We needed a night game, and then obviously the big news with next week Carolina Clemson game also being a night game. Just I'm amped up for the next two weeks because we'll we'll be attending both games. Um. Look, again, I said I went back to quarterback play, right? It's kind of how when it's a spread like this, Kentucky, I believe, is one and a half point favorites. Um, and the way Rattler's been playing, the offensive line has like shored up a little bit. And I mean, a little bit. I mean, it was Jacksonville State and Vandy and Jacksonville State. Obviously, we didn't look that good, but they're doing a few things with the protection. Uh, we've talked about it um, ad nauseum about how we're kind of moving, moving them out of the pocket a little bit. And setting up kind of a second pocket with maybe uh, a secondary receiver or a tight end. But um, the key recently has been also Mario Anderson, some other guys picking up blocks in the backfield. The problem is Juju McDowell's out for the year, broken collarbone. So now we got a true freshman behind Mario Anderson and DJ Braswell, no to carry on. So again, the injuries keep coming. We're depleted at running back. So that's going to be interesting to see because um, Braswell only has one more game and then his red shirt will be over. So He's, he's going to have to play, or maybe one more game after this. So you get four games you can play without having to drop the red shirt, but it seems like that's going to be something we need. But uh, I, I lean on Spencer Rattler and the way he's been playing, even with the struggling offensive line, the dude's been uh, accurate as all get out. He's maybe made like maybe three or four throws all year he's really regretted. 
And you could say two of those at Georgia were into the game, chuck it up, just kind of try to make a play, right? Um, I think the key is to get Mario Anderson the ball 20 times, 20 plus times, because at the other side of the ball, you got Ray Davis. And if Ray Davis gets going, that means more possession time for Kentucky. Devin Leary hasn't played that good, but he's, it's not like he's not capable. He's just not been that guy that we're used to seeing at NC State. So I think it's going to be close. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way about how I feel about Clemson, North Carolina, but like out the, not a high scoring shootout, right? I don't, I don't think it's going to be that type of game. I think it's going to be more of like maybe a 24-17 or 27-20, something like that in that range. I think it's going to be close. Um, I think what gives us the advantage is the fact that one, we're fighting for a bowl game. <laughs> like we, we got something to kind of fight for. Um, we are at home at night which is a big deal. Tough place to play, 80,000 people. And uh, the guy who created Sandstorm, Darude, is going to be playing before the game, so that can only help us, right? So right. I'm going to take Carolina and the one and a half. Again, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a slugfest. The last, I don't know what the last, off the top of my head, what the scores have been in the last probably three to four years. So they're all, I would imagine, are, are all pretty close. So give me South Carolina, obviously, uh, a homer pick there, but I think we got the team to do it. So uh, yeah, let's roll with, roll with Cox. What about you, Clint? How you feeling, buddy? I'm I'm gonna keep this I'm gonna keep this pretty brief because I keep having to hop in and out of this freaking thing. Good man, last uh, last take of the day. Yeah, Cox by ninety. You, you know me. I don't, I don't give a shit. Let's um, <laughs> The um, listen. You kind of mentioned everything. I kind of want to talk about JCR before I had to hop off. I heard most of what you said. Um, yeah. If we just it's it's pretty simple, at least in theory. If we just give Spencer more than 0.37 seconds to throw the ball, he finds the open receiver every time. So roll him out, do whatever you got to do. Hell, put another lineman in just to give a little bit extra protection. We saw Michigan, they played like seven linemen nearly the whole game, uh, you know, last week. So do the same thing. Even if they're not great, just give Spencer some time and he'll find he'll find somebody open and we'll have some big plays. So um, I do worry defensively, even though Kentucky's not an offensive powerhouse. We just we're not great. So can we just uh, eliminate the giant plays? Uh, we're going to give up some yardage, but just nothing over the top, please. Like stop letting guys run by us and be ten yards uh, behind us before we realize it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Obviously, we'll be there. I'm going to be either drunk and happy or drunk and sad, but either way, I'll be drunk. So. Um. Yeah, it should be a good time. There it is. <laughs> Pauses. Right. Drunk either way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, That's what Saturday's gonna look like. Hell yeah, dude. That's gonna be fun. I will say, uh, this is y'all's first. Y'all coming like. Y'all have two back-to-back wins for the first time this year, um, beating Jacksonville State and Vandy. So y'all got all the momentum in, momentum in the world right now. That's all Vandy we need. Forty-seven to six. Um, Rattler last year or last week threw three hundred fifty-one yards, and Anderson had one hundred two yards. That's the first time this happened this year, um, where you had a hundred-yard rusher and you also threw for over three hundred yards. Um, so that's looking really good for y'all and Kentucky. If you remember. I feel like I've said this two or three times this podcast. They've actually they started the year five and zero, and then they've had a rough. They've lost four out of the last five, 
But the listen to their schedule during that time, Georgia at Georgia, then they played Missouri, then they played Tennessee, Mississippi State, easy one. They won that one, and then they played Bama. <laughs> That's a rough last five weeks. Um, so I feel sure their team is just beat all to hell. Um, they they got y'all, then they got Louisville, so their schedule doesn't really get too much easier. Uh, but y'all y'all love to say this is how the SEC is every single year. But um, <laughs> the y'all actually won this game last year, twenty four to fourteen, and then Kentucky beat beat y'all the first the two years before that as well. So. Um, I think y'all are due. Um, I do like this this spread being only one and a half at home. Like, will he be at night? Like, dude, g- give me that. I've been there multiple times. It's a hell of an environment. Um, uh, give me, give me uh, South Carolina to to win that. There we go. I like the pick. I'm just excited. We're all gonna be at a game, man. We're all gonna have. Maybe we'll have to. Might have to get on some Instagram live and and figure out what's going on. Jacob, you'll be at the game. We'll we'll still be tailgating. Um, drinking a lot of water, a lot of water, uh, with corn, water, yeah, and water, some water. other grains water. and stuff that that come in it. Yeah, water. um, something like that. Um, adult beverages, as as you may say. So, all right, boys. Any any uh last thoughts before we get into? We got one more weekend, and then we got rivalry, and then we're getting a bowl game, man. We're we're wrapping this thing up, Jacob. What you got? Last thoughts of the day before we get out of here. <laughs> That's ambitious. You think a bowl game, huh? Four or six, and you got Kentucky. And well, I, just, I was just, I was just saying in general, the country has bowl games. But oh. if you want to, if you're gonna, if you're gonna press me, then yes, we're gonna be Kentucky, and then we're gonna roll into Willie B, and we're gonna be five and six, and you guys are gonna be, I don't know yet, because I don't know what's gonna happen in y'all's game, and then we're gonna go to a bowl game because of you guys, and I will thank Dabo for the rest of my life. Okay, for that opportunity. Okay. Now nah, this is gonna be a fun week of football, weekend of football. Um. Like I said, I'm so stoked that we're both gonna all of all three of us are gonna be at, at these games. Um that's how we want to end this year, man. It's been a long, fun journey. Um and just to finish the year on two hella good Saturdays, like this is what college football is about, man. I like it. Clint, a little parting words for the listeners before we head out. Listen, I just wanna say thank you boys for putting up with me in this crappy hotel internet this past week. And this whole season, you know, with me traveling and stuff, y'all have been absolute gentlemen about it. Uh, listen, I'm I'm gonna be sweaty these next two weeks, especially if we win Saturday, because um, I've got to got to be balling, man. That's that's the goal here at this point in the season. So, um, but yeah, man, it's been fun. We got a few more games. I'm looking forward looking forward to the rest of the season and uh, hopefully, really good bowl season as well. I agree. Cocktober didn't go as plans, but Cockvember. We're ready to rock. <laughs> so we, that's what we got going. So that being said, Cox Pine ID. We'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs> See you. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>